0: It's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It is winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. And at my bookie, winning season's all about your chance to win big. Bet NBA playoffs, NHL, Major League Baseball, UFC, golf, and then some. The craziest sports summer we've ever had. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your sports intuition, people. Select from hundreds of futures bets. You can bet games in real time with my bookies live betting. Put that big old brain of yours to good use and use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games that you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now and bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie.
1: Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just 2 bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. app download and registration required
0: Today on the ZabeCast, nobody loves a good story about MLB failing quite like sports writers. The coverage of the Marlins outbreak was about as pathetic as I expected. Fred Minnick hosted us for a blind whiskey taste test, and me and Charge were blown away with one of the results. Also, Chris Rock with a few thoughts on Strip Club Chicken Wings. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go!
3: Tuesday, July 28,
0: 2020. Thank you. For downloading, as you know, it was a bad, awful, no good, rotten, pearl clutching, teeth gnashing, oh my god, Monday morning, the Marlins outbreak put a quick jolt into this baseball season. Now I don't know which way it's going to go, we'll have to see about that. I am cautiously hopeful that basically a couple of Marlins players fucked up. They got some road strange, they went out to a club, they didn't think about it, and next thing you know, oh shit, the team's infected. Now maybe they'll admit to it once the team investigates, maybe not. I don't know what the protocols are on curfew on the road and everything else. But my God, the way, of course, the media reacted was as predictable and as pathetic as I thought they would. Could they have had any sense of proportion or reason? Or you know what? There's a lot we don't know, so let's just slow down here. Of course not. The media and ESPN and even their pundits zoomed right ahead to, well, are they going to cancel the season?
1: <laughs> In the first
0: couple hours of this, they're like, are they going to cancel the season? And that's and that's how they think. It's just, it, there's no ability To have balance or perspective or think or slow down or go, hold on a second. I mean, the words that I was hearing, uh, let's see, disaster, chaos, irresponsible notions of, well, they got what they bargained for, Major League Baseball. Wow. Holy shit. You know, one team got shut down. Another game got canceled out of an abundance of caution. 29 were still fine, 29 teams that is, and there were 12 games on Monday night. Now again, if this starts popping up all over, then yeah, the season could be in trouble. But the only way to know and the only way to find out is if we proceed and see what happens. And that's what baseball basically said they were going to do on Monday, and that only angered even further team virus who were like but this is a big story this is chaos this is a disaster what's going on where's manfred's press conference and then the columns dunking on baseball and dunking on the USA and everything else just poured in as predictably as i could as i knew it was going to happen here's the lesson for today before we get to whiskey and charge, and having my expectations, and Fred Middick, and having my expectations blown away. You'll hear it in just a second. Here's the lesson for today. Narratives are strong. Facts are weak. Narratives are king now more than ever. Crafting a narrative for that people want to believe has always been, for time, immemorial, the most powerful persuasion tool. I'll never forget the title of one of the episodes, one of the final two episodes of Deadwood might've been the last one in which I think the title was tell her something pretty in which they had to murder one of the prostitutes in order to placate the big bad Mr. Hurst, who had come into town and was turning the place inside out because Trixie, the real prostitute who shot Hurst in the arm but didn't kill him, well, of course, Hurst was going to demand retribution. Otherwise, he was going to burn the whole camp down and kill everybody, and what the fuck did he care? And it's the Wild West, right? So they offer up, because Trixie was the favorite prostitute of Al Swearingen, they offered up another young woman, who um, looked close enough. And when it came down to it, they had to go tell Trixie a pretty story about how they killed her because they slit her throat, which was pretty brutal. But, and Trixie agreed that this was going to be the case, that someone else is going to take her stead. But bottom line is, she needed a pretty story to feel better. Narratives are king. They always have been. They're even more king and more powerful now in the digital social media age for a lot of reasons, but these reasons are paramount. One, you can bolster your narrative now via social media with easy to grasp graphics, images, charts, short videos. Oh, I get it. That's somebody breathing without a mask. Wow. Look at all that coronavirus just <sighs> blowing. And oh, look with a mask. I get it. They can be hammered home relentlessly with no money spent. Think about that. If you wanted to do an ad campaign or change minds or hammer a message home back in the the paid media days, you had to buy shit. TV ads, print ads, you name it. Now it's literally, it's not just $0. People will do it for you. You don't even have to do the work. You just throw the narrative out there. That's a pretty story people want to believe, and other people will run with it and hammer it for you, relentlessly. Meanwhile, facts. Facts are the little weakling with the tiny arms. Hey, I'm facts here. I'm going to fight you. Yeah, you're going to lose. And now opponents of the narrative, or contrary opinions, can be attacked and marginalized and mocked. And, and there's group attacks on the counter-narratives that say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And the narrative then can be shared and elevated to a level of almost mythical, almost religious truth. Shining light, ah, I really need that sound effect of the angel singing. The current narrative About America and the coronavirus, which many of our dopey, uncritical thinking baseball writers and many people out there, mostly on one side of the spectrum politically, but I'm not going to say exclusively, but the current narrative is goes something like this. America has botched this plain and simple. We've messed it up and it's our fault. We deserve it because we air quotes more on that in a second are selfish, and we, air quotes, are stupid. And most of all, we don't listen to the science. Of course, the we is a logically unenforceable concept because America is basically 50 small to medium countries. And anyone who's followed this knows that very quickly, yes, there were some federal guidelines for here's what we should do to reopen It was the states themselves that ran with their own different phase plans. Isn't it funny, by the way? And by funny, I mean pathetic and annoying and sad and destructive economically that every state has a different terminology for red zone, green zone, yellow zone, phase one, phase two, phase three. How many? We got six phases, four phases, two phases. We going up a phase, down a phase. What's our phase? Hello? The states quickly took over and they explicitly told the president, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. You can't make us do anything. Back the fuck off. We got 50 small to medium countries in a vast geographical space. And they are all doing their own, se- own thing. And some are strict and some are not. Some are doing well. Some not as much. The federal government was not perfect in our response. Nobody's was. Oh, by the way. But it did swing into action. Provided ventilators. Not needed not in the numbers that were, they were needed, uh, help coordinate PPE and such stood up a hospital ship, floated it up to New York city. They responded, I think average, not terrible average, but you look at country sizes, which I'm sure the average person may not know you do because you're smart and you listen to this podcast, the UK and Italy and France are all 60 million countries for the most part. Spain is a little bigger than California population-wise in terms of numbers, 46 million for Spain, 40 million for California, thereabouts. Belgium is North Carolina, about 11 million people. I bring up Belgium for a reason. I'll get to it in a second. Denmark, Ireland, Finland, they're in the fives in terms of millions of people. That'd be comparable to Wisconsin, Missouri, Minnesota. And the one part of this narrative is Europe has got it right. Look at Europe. Europe is done with this. Europe knew what they were doing, right? You've heard that one before, right? Okay. They may be at a lower level right now as nation states to our overall nation state coronavirus activity, but not when you compare Belgium to North Carolina or Ireland to say, North Did I say North Carolina? Uh, Or Ireland to, say, Wisconsin. That's a comp right there. Or Denmark to Missouri or Finland to Minnesota. Those are apples to apples. Think of them as countries. Now, by the way, this whole thing, Europe is good, America is bad. Okay, you hold on to that for just a second, okay? And then let's get into the numbers. First of all, (laughs) Boswell today, Tom Boswell, esteemed baseball writer and a guy that I have liked over the years and I appreciate his writing. And the funny thing about Boswell is this, Boswell would oftentimes write these columns in which he digs deep into the numbers of a sport, baseball, but he's not terrible at digging deep into the numbers on football. Whether it's statistical numbers regarding how teams perform, he's not a numbers fanatic But he has shown an ability to to grasp numbers in the past. And he's talked about, look, here's the number that matters, here's the number that doesn't. He has done none of that with the coronavirus. In fact, he has willfully ignored the numbers to write the following pablum as follows, quote, Now my spirits are buoyed by baseball, despite seeing the United States combat a plague with all the trust in science of medieval Europeans fighting the Black Death by rubbing chopped-up snakes on boils or drinking arsenic. Paul Miringoff at PowerlineBlog.com Says, based on our trust in scientists, the United States put its economy on lockdown for two months or so, with variations from state to state. After four months, some economic activity remains on hold by order of governments based on say-so of scientists. We locked down our economy knowing that doing so would cause millions of Americans to lose their jobs and derail one of the most prosperous economies the U.S. has ever known. The lockdown had these effects, not the virus. No intelligent, fair-minded person can believe the U.S. did not combat the coronavirus with a considerable amount of trust in science. It was precisely the trust in that science and the scientists and the so-called experts that led to governors with the agreement of the Trump administration to halt most economic and social activity. It's not easy, writes Miren Goff to consistently write intelligently about the coronavirus. It is, after all, a virus, and it's novel. When it reached our shores, we knew very little about it. Even today, there's still too much we don't know. But a little bit of intellectual modesty, coupled with an aversion to hyperbole, should be sufficient to avoid serious error in writing about the virus. And only blind rage, probably partisan in origin, can explain the kind of idiotic writing Tom Boswell, indulgent, indulged in. Excellent, excellent point. It's just mindless. So let's look at the numbers, something Bos is usually good at, understanding that we have 50 nations with 50 different essential presidents, governors that control the levers of government, what's open, what's not open, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with the size of countries in the world. Number one, total population in millions. uh, Billions, excuse me. China's 1.3. India's 1.3. USA's 327 million. Indonesia, 267. Pakistan, 212. Brazil, 209. And then you start going down the list. Nigeria, Bangladesh. Oof. A lot of fucking people in Nigeria. Holy shit. Almost 200 million people. Okay, sorry. I digress. But those are the big five. China, India, America, Indonesia, Pakistan. All right. Now let's go to the magical deaths per million chart. That, Boz, is the only number that really matters. Dead, because you can't reverse dead and adjust it for population because it makes sense. Number one is Belgium. Belgium fucked up. Belgium, like I said, is the Population size of North Carolina, they have 9,821 deaths for a highest death per million of 859 people dead per million, which is still, by the way, not very many, but they're number one, worst country, Belgium. Number two, the UK, 688 per million. Third, Spain, six hundred eight. Fourth, Italy, five eighty. Fifth, Sweden, the poster boy, poster child for many. Hold that thought. Five eighty. Peru, five fifty seven. Chile, four eighty six. France, four forty nine. And there is the USA at four hundred and forty eight uh, deaths per million. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're ninth now. You say, well. How did China and India do it? China, bunch of fucking liars. It started there. We're going to have to unravel what they did, how they knew about it, when they knew about it, and et cetera, et cetera, for a long time. That's going to take a while. India is interesting because you know how fucking packed India is. You know how little they can socially distance in India, right? So what's going on? I read one story that said they might have a high level of existing cross- T cell immunity because they've done pretty well considering their massive size. Okay. That's the only number that matters. Sweden at 5,600 dead off 11 million population is high, but their thing ran its course. They said, we're not locking down. Also their, um I think their GDP is still in the positive range. They're at like 2%, which is amazing considering the negative rates of everybody else. And most importantly, their citizens don't look at their own government as a bunch of shitheads. Sweden said, and this is amazing, they said the number one reason that, that we chose the course we did was we wanted to preserve the unique trust in government that Swedes have as a citizenry in us. And we knew this wouldn't work. And we knew that wouldn't work. And we looked at this thing scientifically and said, we're going to end up here anyway. So we're going to tell them like adults look you should socially distance you can wear a mask if you want we're not going to mandate it and if you're older you should you should stay inside for a couple months to be honest otherwise be sensible no large gatherings and let's carry on does boswell know any of this does he care i don't know has he studied it has he read any articles i don't know but the narrative is europe good usa bad And we deserve it because we're idiots who don't follow the science. So Sweden is fourth on that death chart. We're ninth, well behind all these other European countries that many sports writers and many out there are like, we should be more like Europe. UK, Spain, Italy, Sweden, France, all ahead of us. So then you look at some other numbers as I was pouring through them. Ohio. Okay, so Minnesota right now, (laughs) Minnesota is averaging less than 10 people dead a day since June. And they are the size of Ireland, Denmark or Finland in population, five to six million people averaging less than 10 a day, 10 dead a day since June. I don't know whats I've looked at Sweden's numbers right now. I would have bet it's single digits, kind of like those states are. Ireland, Denmark, Finland, let's compare to Wisconsin, Missouri, and Minnesota. Those are all five to $6 million population states. And guess what? Wisconsin is wide open. They're averaging right now, and since June, about 10 or less or fewer deaths per day. Missouri, I don't know their state of openness, but they are also averaging at about that rate. And yes, Minnesota is even lower. So I ask you, Tom Boswell... Who's doing bad? Who's the one trying to treat this thing with medieval snakes and tonics and potions? What the fuck are you talking about? Hell, Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina are all 10 million-ish. Compare all those 10 million-ish states to Sweden, which is an 11 million population state. Ohio, 3,300 dead. Georgia, 3,500 dead. North Carolina, 1,800 dead. Sweden is nearly double all of them. Now, we're not done yet. The numbers will keep piling up, but still. Anybody? Bueller? Is anyone listening? And the thing about the we part, when these sports writers say, we are idiots. We deserve this. We don't know how to handle this. We've botched this. They don't mean we. They mean you. And by the you, they mean it's the people who don't vote like them. You know this. I know this. The we is this royal, well, I'm exempting myself because I'm smart. I'm a baseball writer, and we don't handle this well. You, who spouts this nonsense, don't even have a grasp on the numbers and the facts of the entire thing. The numbers and the facts and the epidemiology are quite fascinating if you take two seconds to dig into them. And hell, it's been the only thing to really pay attention to for four months. But this is the modern state of sports writing. I was shocked today. Jesse Dougherty, who writes for The Post, as well as Boswell, he, uh, he talked about how Davey Martinez, the manager for the Nationals, was shook up saying about this upcoming trip to Miami. I don't know. I'm so concerned. These guys are a family to me. Davey has health concerns. He had a heart issue, a near heart attack last year. I get it. But he said about the trip to Miami, he said, I just hope – Baseball does the right thing, which is essentially saying we don't want to go. Jesse then tweeted himself. He goes, you know, Rudy Gobert test positive back in March. Within hours, the entire sports world shut down. Now in July, the Marlins have an outbreak that might be 14 people. And we're like, well, we'll wait and see. He said, quote, this doesn't feel right. Ooh, class. Can you point out the flaws in Jesse Doherty's I wouldn't even say logic, the emotional tantrum he's throwing. It doesn't feel right. So are you advocating they cancel the season, Jesse? You write for the post. This is your living that you make. What are you advocating? Come out and say it. It's amazing to me. I know that there's an argument going around about do sports writers, some of them, root for the virus? Are they on, as I call it, team virus? They will say, I'm not rooting for it. I'm just reporting on it. But when a Jesse Doherty says, how come we're not shutting down like we did in March? It's like, you want to say, what are you new around here? Like, is that a serious question? Do you not know the differences between now and then? Are you aware of the basic numbers and the science that's going on and the discoveries about how it's transmitted and the protocol? You want us to, you want everyone to shut down? What are you talking about? It's amazing. And then the writers sort of got mad Monday, many of them, because they said, uh, oh, well, they're not, baseball's not coming out addressing it soon enough. Baseball was like, well, we'll wait and see. We can manage this. We've we've knocked out a couple of games. We're going to test, 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 see what the deal is. Like I said, you better ask the Marlins, yo, time to fess up, boys. Did you go to a, a rave in Atlanta? Did you go to a strip club? Because... Positive tests were like a half of 1% in spring training. And now that travel has started, we've got an outbreak. But it's an outbreak right now. Again, maybe there'll be more. Maybe this this will not age well, this entire rant. Maybe by tomorrow, all over Major League Baseball. But maybe not. Because I looked at the list of total baseball players who are currently out of commission due to covid I think it's less than a dozen outside of the Marlins. There's the Marlins, and then it's less than a dozen. So we'll see if this this is the start of something. But the only way to find out, the only way to find out is to carry on. The tests were low. In spring training, now there's an outbreak. Why? What happened? Where'd they go? Considering the fact that Lou Williams broke the bubble and went to a fucking strip club to get chicken wings, ought to tell you, maybe a couple Marlins fucked up and did something risky and brought the virus into their clubhouse. Duh. Remember, Rudy Gobert was touching microphones and was touching uh, uh, his teammates' clothes and stuff. Don't put too much in these athletes to be the paragons of virtue when it comes to the coronavirus. That's all I'm saying. And again, this could all change. And I could be the one wearing the clown suit if it's, but have some numbers, have some grasp of things. When you say Europe did it right, say how, why, what, based on what metric exactly. The only number that matters, death The only thing that matters, death, and the only numbers that matter, which is adjusted totals per population, Europe didn't do a good job, just like New York didn't. Oh, and by the way, speaking of New York, (laughs) coronavirus deaths per million population for individual states. New York, 1681. New Jersey, 1789. Massachusetts, 1,238. In other words... All three of those states alone, per million people, would have doubled the worst-performing country, Belgium, in the world at the only stat that matters. Is Tom Boswell and other sports writers taking on those three states, those three governors, those three politica? (laughs) Of course not. Of course they aren't. All right. Fred Minnick. Was with us. Before I get to Fred, I know you love this. DraftKings time, kids. The final 22 teams are in Orlando, and we're getting on to bubble basketball. That counts on Thursday, and there will be no shortage of excitement, things to watch on TV, and no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings. The leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes right now through the first two days of the resumed season. So get in, get in, get in right now. If you've not tried it, fantasy basketball is easy to play. You pick eight players, stand under the cap, pile up points for threes, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge on, on the line than by competing for a shot at a million bucks. But hey, if basketball's not... Grandparents. For you, DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action with this week's tournament. Millions of dollars up for grabs this week. No better place to have skin in the game than DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code ZABE, Charlie Zulu, Alpha Bravo Echo, to get a free shot and millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE. And get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. I know you got that. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for details. The guru of the Brown, Fred Minnick, Wall Street Journal best selling author, bourbon curator and tester, and judge. He does magazines, he does podcasts, he does YouTube meet and greets. He had a three way blind taste test last Friday night with me and our buddy Paul Charchian. And I can tell you right now, I was stunned at one of the results the finish. finish yeah well the finish is strong no doubt about it hey, by the way let me recommend a uh, a drinking movie lawless oh. 2012 about the bondurant brothers which was a real i think believe it was historical in nature uh played by the great tom hardy oh he uh, is good of course jessica chastain totally hot and you see her tatas so you got that going for you well, what's it about? It's about moonshining. I like
2: moonshining. Moonshining
0: and battling the authorities. All right, and baby. Tom Hardy is as scary as they come as a, you know, Kentucky word slurring <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> Another okay, good show. Well, my my show breaker. is,
4: he, that, that, that show, by the way, uh, like you talk to people who, you know, kind of are from that lineage. And they're like, they did a good job. You know, so that show is based on a true story. Yeah. And... <laughs> so I, my favorite uh, drinking show, it's not really a drinking show per se, uh, but bourbon was a big part of it, and this was a, my above the char for this week in my podcast, Bourbon Pursuit, and that is The Hustler. Paul Newman was drinking JTS Brown like it was the best thing in the world, which at the time, it was pretty damn good. So well, okay, since, since
2: we're all given whiskey movies... I'm going to take Lost in Translation, one of my favorite movies anyway, with and of, of course George Bill Murray.
0: Bill Murray in and, a serious role in yeah. Japan. In
2: Japan. And he's there to film a, a commercial for Suntory Whiskey, and he drinks whiskey frequently in the hotel bar. It's a fantastic movie. And one of the great opening shots in the history of cinema with Scarlett Johansson's ass wearing yeah. sheer sheer panties that's uh that's how you that's how you start a movie with an exclamation point right there yeah lost in and translation there,
4: and there went all my female viewers for the night
2: well, yeah, that's the problem, to, yeah.
0: you don't need them we're not
4: fishing for women come
0: on we're <laughs> rigged shark. We're rigged. i would like to
2: think any female viewers that you have that like whiskey would can appreciate Scarlett Johansson's ass.
0: Guaranteed. Any any female who shoots her whiskey straight is already saying, oh, hell yeah, I love right. Scar- Scarlett Johansson. Absolutely. Love that ass. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Uh, did you show that? You didn't have a chance to show this bottle yet, Fred,
4: did you? Hmm. No, people want to know what it is, but let's go ahead. Why don't we do this? Why don't you guys give it a score? And then uh, and then I'll just do the big reveal all along.
2: I'm gonna give uh, D an 85. I like oh, it oh wow um, I thought it was a, it was it was a little proofier and just straight alcohol than I wanted but I I do if it's gonna be that proofy I tend to want it a little <laughs> sweet and it was a little sweet. I didn't love the full bouquet of flavor but I, I thought it was
0: good not great Zabe I uh, I'm gonna give it a 90 I, I smell a little birthday cake in here. That's the overall <laughs> notes of your birthday game. <laughs> but good. Uh, I like
4: it. I, I like
2: the way you celebrate your birthday.
4: So, all right. So we have a we have a situation here. We, oh, have, no, a we have a tie. We have a oh, tie no. for for the for oh. the best.
0: Oh no. Oh, we no, gotta man. go to overtime charge. Well, it's terrible. It, it is, is.
4: So Whoever
1: let's,
2: wins the uh, let's coin have club a is gonna end up winning the overtime. What are overtime rules here? Do we is there a man on second? Are we just putting a man on second?
4: Well <laughs> by the way, that is the dumbest second. thing ever. I think that just <laughs> I think putting a man on second for baseball, it's gonna ugh. Yeah.
0: changing
2: the yeah. way no, the game is played
0: when you do that, but I mean seriously, there's only six Washington football team. There, there's your dumbest.
4: That? that that's that's pretty bad. Uh, So the way we would do this is that we would taste off A and um, C to see if we have a favorite. See if if you have changed your mind, either one of you, to go up a point or down a point or up a point. Well,
2: part of the... Okay, but here's the problem, Fred. A was so good, I drank it all. I have, like... I have... I have a just a drizzle left. That's it.
4: Yeah, that I'll do that my is, best. That is a problem by the way.
2: Yes, it was yeah. it was so good. I just like So well, let's let's this. just
4: keep it there. Let's just keep it there. Let's have Zabe go back to A. Okay. And have him compare to C um, and I'll remind you of your comments. Uh, we we
1: might have a
0: problem here. I, I might <laughs> I may have lost the track the of which one is which. <laughs> yeah, there's just sort of a mess off to the left here. I think I got it. Well, I should be able to smell it. I'll know the one that sucks because it'll have no, it'll have no flavor.
2: A has A is going to be too proofy for Zabe. It's just it's hard hitting. <coughs> yeah, there it oh. is. There it is. That's A. Okay. I'm gonna have a little more C.
0: Yeah, that's B. That guy has no flavor. B is out, so it doesn't even matter. Do you want to know Take what B, B, B is?
4: Out. Yeah. Pick your, pick your,
0: pick your uh, so B. Our loser. It's, wait, can I guess? Yeah. Uncle Jed's bathtub. Am <laughs> I right? Uh,
4: very close. It's actually. Damn.
2: Old overhauled.
4: It's Blanton.
2: It's Blanton's. It's Blanton's. I, yes! knew it. Oh,
3: I, was oh, oh, I was going
4: oh, to say that. No. I was going to say, Plattons, I should have oh, said it. Oh, no. Oh, the, no. Oh, unbelievable. No, this is unbelievable. The yeah, most sought-after, one of the most sought-after bourbons in all the world. Holy when you shit. say sought-after, what you mean is overrated.
1: Overrated. Oh, oh my God. Overrated. <laughs>
4: To quote Steve yeah. Saban, who forgot to
0: bring the flavor? Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. I that? So, so my brother, big on blends, and got me a bottle for my birthday, and I was all proud of it, and I would drink it and everything and not think twice. And I know how much it's sought after, and so I was at National Airport, and they've got this duty-free little section on the wall in terminal a yeah and they had a couple of blantons there and i was like oh my god i'm gonna go buy them so i go up, i go to check out and they go can i see your boarding pass and it was a boarding pass for milwaukee and they go <laughs> "No, they go no, so no you, you don't understand the the concept here. You right need right country yep yep so i put them yeah, the that's, where, that's
2: where you have that's where you have to pay somebody else to go buy your Blantons for you at the airport who's got a boarding pass or just borrowed a well, boarding pass.
0: Right. But guess what? Problem solved. Yeah. I have now learned that Blantons is insanely overrated. It wow.
2: is. Fred, I've had Blantons yeah. probably five times. Never bought, never bought a bottle. San never see a bottle for sale. Every time I walked away going, ah, I know it comes from Buffalo Trace. I'd rather Buffalo Trace at at thirty eight bucks a bottle.
4: Yeah, I mean it's a it, it really is this this bottle is gorgeous and it just like screams Kentucky. You got the little horsey on top. Yeah, yeah. you know it's it it's kind of voluptuous when you hold it. It's uh it's a really nice bottle, and the truth is that it's a single barrel. And single barrels are very, very inconsistent. But I have never had a Blanton's uh, that, for me, rated above 87 points. Like, it okay. has always been kind of like a B, you know? And, yeah.
1: um Incredible. You know,
4: pe- people are chiming in saying, like, Blanton's is my jam. You know, I'm I mad. Know. You know, people are.
0: Don't be mad. If you like it, you like it. That's yeah, right. we're, you know, we're cool with whatever you, you know, like, people. Charge, tell me if you've heard this before. There's a certain uh, sect of people that think Bose produces bland audio quality. Bose. I'm a Bose fanboy. I love Bose. Bose QC35 headphones. I got the Bose speakers. I got the portable Bose speaker. I love it, but some people think it's bland. I got my Um, Bose on right now.
2: Yeah, I um I have found, and I've owned plenty of Bose stuff over the years. I don't hate Bose, but for me, unless I need a compact design for some reason, I don't buy Bose. If I need a compact design, then I'm on Bose. I some of the the worst headphones I've ever owned in my life were a pair of Bose. Um, huh. But I've also had some good ones, and I've had some good Bose products that I use today. And so I think it's a I think it's a mixed bag with Bose. But people don't like, and what I, I and I don't like either is necessarily. They won't give you any information on any of the things that they make. They won't give you any sound spectrums or any, you know, anything like that. They just got to go. They just say, you know, you listen to it. If you like it, you buy it. If you don't like it, don't buy it.
0: I, are you a fan of Beats?
2: No, those are the worst. They literally put me- they literally put lead weights in their speakers for Beats and their headsets to give you the illusion that they're substantial. By putting weights Shut into the, into the headsets, yes, wow. Beats are all for show. Beats are for people who want to be seen listening to music, not yeah. for people who right. want to listen to music.
0: They're for LeBron James fan wankers. Yeah, that's it. The, those are the big baller, uh, the big baller
4: headphones. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Although, although I will say, Bo, uh, charge Bose. Can you tell I'm a little bit tipsy? I mean, Fred has got me definitely oh. off my my balance here with Dave, he's,
2: he's fed us a straight diet of 120, 130 proof whiskeys. So,
0: yeah, no. Here's the Ooh. thing about here's the thing about beats. My beats over the ear headphones they're louder by two clicks than Bose will get, and because of I guess all my years in radio being deaf. Yeah. I want that extra loudness. I'm like Nigel Tufnell in Spinal Tap. Turn it up. These dude. headphones go to eleven. Yeah. a little bit louder.
2: I think my daughter's ready for that movie. By the way, fourteen. <laughs> oh, I think she's ready for Spinal Tap. The catch is, totally. you've got the cucumber because wrapped your in the tinfoil.
0: Music. You're he does. Taking your daughter, uh, Fred. You got to understand this. Charge has the most wonderful relationship with his daughter. He has taken her to all kinds of concerts driven all over city to city bunch of weird bands nobody's heard of she plays guitar it's the greatest thing
4: that's awesome i you know i mean i'm a relatively new dad so hearing stuff like that right there just it just it warms my heart but like it's a shitty time to to have a six-year-old because you can't like we can't play t-ball we can't do soccer you know, yeah. there's just so much stuff you can't do.
2: But your six-year-old's not going to remember much of this year. And that that does work, in, ultimately, in your six-year-old's favor, which is, I, I think, nice. So, yeah.
4: You know what we have been doing? We've been finding, uh, we've been like, so, you know, I, you mentioned from the top, like, these incredible, like, uh, musicians that I'm getting on the show. Uh, I've got, um, uh, I had Derek Trucks. Uh, I just interviewed Derek Trucks, who's, you know, the guitarist for Allman Brothers. And then he has a Derek Trucks band uh we we were just spent the weekend like watching him and like so yeah. i've been anytime i have a musician that you know we just sit down as a family and we just sit there and listen to it now mom and i we're, we're we're drinking a little something something but it's just like we have our own little like concerts in our home uh but music is a big big part of our life so i love that you take her to concerts and stuff so we're where all um, all that's what? right. And and by the by way,
2: six year olds is it's that's when I started my daughter on guitar and guitar lessons. We bought her a junior guitar. It's three quarter size. And she started lessons at six. And and it's it's not too young. You can uh, you can start her jamming. And by the way, go with the guitar, Fred. If you're going to do an instrument, don't do the trumpet. Who the hell wants to know yeah. the trumpet? Right. You do the guitar and you get to play all your favorite songs for the rest of your life. Right. Do the guitar. No clarinet. No right.
0: clarinet. No harp, no bass, no uh, uh, saxophone. There's two instruments to give your kid: yes. guitar, piano. That's it. That's it. Everything else is a waste of time and money. You know, I was I
4: was scrolling through like old Oklahoma State football games and, the in like our national champion trumpet came up on YouTube. So I was like, ah, oh, what the hell? I watch it. And her stuff was beautiful. I mean, she was like so good. I was like, wow. all right, I, like, I got to find her. She's a fucking manager at Walmart now. Like, no. so she's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, she has like no profession. Got a good health was... plan.
0: Don't knock it.
4: Well, I, I get it, but she's like at the top of her game, you know. And like, if she would <laughs> play any other instrument, you know, like you're saying, she'd be on stage anywhere.
0: I mean, she was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Here's... Here's here's what's also, I think, underrated Apple AirPods, but with the silicone ear dongles, because my ears basically reject these AirPods pretty easily. But you put them in there like that, they they will stay in there no matter what. And I'm telling you, the sound out of these little fuckers are so good, it'll blow your mind. And it integrates with your iPhone seamlessly. Yeah, I highly recommend them. Now, they, the new AirPod Pros are designed with a little silicone nub on it to jam in there. Yeah. I don't like that. I like them sitting a little bit outside the ear canal with these. Okay. Could you, could We've you hijacked his bourbon broadcast. Yeah, we have. Well, no,
4: not at all. This is what this is what I do. I just drink and talk. But Derek Simmons came in and says, I played the trumpet. Trumpet. And I love Blanton's, I feel played. I feel played. Listen, (laughs) Eric, listen, I love the trumpet. My only point was is that this incredible musician didn't have an opportunity for a professional career afterward uh, because the demand wasn't there. Only to, like, Zabe's point of, like, play the guitar. As for Blanton's, you'll be all right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let somebody else wage that battle While other people are fighting To try to find a bottle of Blanton's I'm going to be trying to find a bottle of Eagle Rare Which I think is far better It comes from the same distillery I'd much rather have Eagle Rare
0: Hey, while we're talking music And bourbon And audio quality Because it's all mixed together This is just life stuff, right Fred? Mm -hmm. Right Charge? Yeah, absolutely And this one goes out to Derek Mr. Trumpet player Have you ever heard of Trombone Shorty? Oh, my God. Amazing.
4: No,
2: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Charge. I had never heard of this guy until I stumbled upon him while on vacation, just flipping around. This cat will blow your fucking mind. New Orleans born. He plays the trombone, the trumpet. He has mastered, right, Fred, Mm -hmm. this circular breathing technique where he will belt out on a trumpet. A super high note, and carry it for two minutes. No lie. And his cheeks puff out like Dizzy Gillespie, and then he's like, and then he somehow breathed in, and it goes on and on and on. It's amazing. Google tonight, or not Google, but go to YouTube. Um, no, I'm watching
2: trombone. right now. I'm watching Trombone Shorty right this minute, and I love that it's got this this big this big brass section, not just trombone. Oh yeah. But it's also got well, saxophones technically woodwind. Sax, trumpet, bass. That's uh that's pretty cool. The um Yeah, I like that. Now the so the like circular that. breathing thing was made famous by Kenny G, who has the world really? record for the longest note.
4: I feel like Kenny G, though, like is not a brand you want to be associated with. No, it's you know? not. No. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I, I just, like, well, you know, if someone were to well, compare I, it and say, like, oh, hey, is, you're in Kenny G's league, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to go somewhere else. All right.
0: All right. Yeah. Who is softer to admit you like? Kenny G or Michael Bolton? Kenny G, uh, Michael Bolton.
2: Oh, God. They have the same hair.
0: I uh, know. Not a
2: coincidence. How
0: about how about the uh, Lonely Island where they do the Kenny Bolt or the, uh, the, the Michael Bolton spoof? <laughs> what do you is know that? that? No, do you know what is that?
2: Do you know Lonely Island? Charge? No. Do I need to? No. Is that the next thing in my YouTube?
0: Is yeah. Lonely look at Island? that. Yes. It, you don't know Dick in a Box. I you don't know, don't know Mother You don't know Jizz in My Pants. You don't know I'm on a boat. Come on.
4: So the and, the, and the whiskey people are like, all right, what's A, C, and D now? We got to know. We got to know. But listen, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. got to get back Yeah, we should back probably get back. Back to now, whiskey. Here D, we're still in our tiebreaker, the by the way. We do, D is out.
2: Right, so D did not finish in the running, so I think we can re- safely reveal D.
4: Yeah, so D is uh, four gate, uh, batch six. This is up uh, for my. Uh, this is up for my whiskey of the year. It's is a, this is a, a, a fruit bomb with some some peppering in there, but uh, also a lot a lot of brown sugar, and um, I really really there like this. A, right, yeah. I feel like this yeah. has like a great shot of uh, of winning my taste off. Just knowing my, it's really who, good, Fred. All right, who makes Fourgate? Fourgate is a. It's got a few blenders involved. One of them is a um, is a former colleague. Well, I guess he's still a colleague, but he's a whiskey writer turned like blender, and um, and he does a good job, and he gets some good stocks. The one being against them is they're really friggin' expensive. They're like 200, yeah. 250 bucks.
0: So, yeah. Woo-hoo. And yeah. James Burke says Four Gate is so good, but so expensive.
4: Yeah, it that's. Wow. They, they, you spend a lot of money there.
2: 250 bucks? I've never seen it for sale. I don't even know where I'd go to find that. Is it well, something that's widely distributed? You live in Minnesota, Paul. Right, you know? I know. That's it's, it's a problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. Do I have to go to the, do I have to go to the distillery if I want to get a bottle
4: No I mean there's no distillery uh, but you know you would do well to come to Kentucky, bring a friend's truck and just stock up but you can now, also you can buy you can buy seal you can buy 4gate uh, online from a website called sealbox sealbox.com you can buy it and they'll ship it to you all right
2: if I want to buy a seal can I get it at sealbox in a box. Uh, Got gutted.
4: Gutted. Yes. Um,
2: all right, that's the way I like it. Uh, all right, now we're at a point where we got to break our tie between A and C. Um, we don't know I'm, what
0: C is yet.
2: We don't know what A is yet either. A, I went back and had just just my little drip of A. Yeah. Wait a minute. I thought A
4: was four game.
2: No, that was D.
4: That was oh. D. Oh. Okay. Did you have a little bit of a? Rum and Coke before we came on, Zabe? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, do you know what it was? It was... I, I think he had some fireball before he came on. Uh. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know how to... How to I, I don't know how to break this tie. I liked A better, but I thought C was also good. So I, I don't have a problem with C winning. But I liked... A, I think it's just too proofy for Zabe. And if I think it comes down to Zabe making this call, he should... He would pick C. I would pick well, A. You're really, I really like the proof stuff.
4: Guys, you're really looking at two different styles. This is basically, you're basically looking at like a, um, I'm going to say C. Yeah, it's C, right? Yeah. C is like a, fin- a finesse rank. C, D, A,
0: B. If you really are bored or have a long flight, or are mowing the grass for hours on end, you can actually listen to or even watch the entire two hours and 12 minutes of that tasting and conversation. We got so wrapped up in it, we lost track of time. But I at least gave you, I think, the key 23 minutes. All right, let's end on this. Chris Rock once had a few things to say about strip clubs and food. And I know from my days in Charlotte, When we used to do radio remotes from a local strip club at lunchtime, you have never seen something pounce quite like a hungry stripper showing up for the lunch shift, of which there was one at one of the clubs that we did a live radio show from. I would see these gals line up to get the free food when we would be there for lunch and they were like... Interesting times. But Chris Rock, take it away.
3: I got nothing against the strippers, but the the strip clubs are very addictive Not to me, but to other people. They are addictive. Every guy in here got a friend that's addicted to strip clubs. Addicted like heroin, okay? Addicted. You know those guys that cannot function in a normal club? You take them to a normal club. They ask one girl to dance. Excuse me, would you like to dance? No, maybe a little bit later. Yo, man, let's go to titty bar, man. Man, these bitches is stuck up, man. I gave this bitch a dollar. She ain't do nothing. No, 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 no. We all got those friends that's addicted to strip clubs. You know those guys that go to the strip club in the daytime? If you had a strip club and the sun is out, you got some problems. (laughs) You know those guys that eat at the strip club? Eat at the buffet. How the fuck could you eat at a nasty-ass strip club? What? (coughs) Are you that hungry? Motherfucker, go to Mickey D's or some shit? Rwandan refugees won't eat that shit. At a damn strip club, pennies and painted pots don't mix.
0: <laughs> Chris Rock with some truth on that front. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for downloading and being a loyal listener. Tomorrow, if it goes as planned and it's scheduled to appear, Steakhouse Confidential with Fred Smoot and Sean Springs. Former Seahawk, former Redskin. It's going to be a DB special at our favorite spot, DC Prime. Looking forward to talking to those boys tomorrow night, which will air on Wednesday, so we look forward to that. Thanks for listening. As always, tell a friend, recommend. Always worth it to keep this party growing and going. Email me at zabe at yahoo.com. Let me know your thoughts. No email is too long. I kid you not. I will read it. I will read it fast at times, and I will respond with at least something brief. But don't worry about TLDR. If you've got a lot to get off your chest, if you want to write, write, write for therapy, I say bring it on. I will be your therapist. I will sit here with notes and I will say, lie back on my leather couch. Tell me what's wrong. What's wrong, young man? Let me know. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday and we will see you tomorrow.